Welcome to the Corporate Hippie Hustle. My name is Allie Brine, and I'm a career alignment coach, speaker, and founder of the Corporate Hippie Hustle brand. Through my work, I'm facilitating a corporate awakening, one empowered woman at a time. I teach tools to women who want to take their corporate careers from stuck to aligned. My ultimate goal is to get the right people in the right positions by challenging the status quo of the corporate world. I know some of my ideas might hit you as a little hippie, but after getting my master's at a top-ranked business school for human resources management and spending time in a Fortune 31 company, I've got some more traditional corporate thoughts for you too. I love pushing you out of your comfort zone because I believe that there's no excuse to not be the best version of yourself. If you're ready for a new take on some traditional corporate tools, combined with some more mindful hippie ideas in order to take your career from stuck to aligned, you're in the right place. I don't play average, and if you're here, I don't expect you do either. So let's do this thing. I recently had a strategy call with a potential client and in helping her to get clear on her goals when it came to her career and her career search, I asked her the question, what's motivating you to find your aligned career? And she hesitated. And at first she said, man, I, I just don't know. And I could tell by the way she had said this, that there was something there. There was something more that she wanted to say, but she was really hesitant and unsure of saying it. So I stayed quiet and I let her think for a moment and she said, it sounds so bad and I hate to say it because it sounds so greedy, but money is a big motivator for me. Can I say that? She used all of the stereotypical conditioning, condition cushioning of the blow to try to make it easier for her to say and try to make it easier for me to respond to. And I don't think that she was expecting my response. On this week's episode of the Corporate Hippie Hustle, we're talking about money. We're talking about the conditioning that we receive around money, especially as women. We're talking about the relationship that we fostered with money. And we're talking about some of the ways to process your money blocks, your relationships with money, all of the things. So let's be honest here. Money is a huge factor in taking a new job. It is the very rare client that I work with who doesn't have some financial aspect to wanting a new job. Everyone wants to increase their salary, right? Everyone wants to not lose their current salary either because they like their lifestyle. They like how they are. So that's one of the number one hesitations when changing careers is that you're going to have to start at the very bottom as far as money goes. You're not as concerned when it comes to like starting at the bottom in seniority, but like when it comes to money, you're concerned about it and rightfully so because money's critical to life. Let's, let's just be honest, right? You have to have money to live. You have to have money to eat. You have to have money to have basically any like semblance of 
calm in your life because without it, you're constantly fighting this battle of surviving. But with money and having the financial resources, you're able to shift into thriving instead of just surviving. Money is also a necessity in our society, and it, it will continue to be that way until we, as a society, decide that we're going to go back to bartering or we no longer believe in the idea of exchanging money. But I've been doing a lot of soul searching when it comes to money lately, and I want to share with you what I've learned around money and what has helped me in processing my own stories around money. So the very first thing is this. Money isn't real. (laughs) Yes, I just told you that money is vital to life, and yet here I am telling you, Money isn't real. And you could argue and hand me a dollar and say, Allie, look, this is money. This is real. But essentially, you are handing me a piece of cottony paper, at least in the U.S., with ink on it, with a picture printed on it. I've heard some money manifestation experts call this the body and the soul of money. The physical representation that you can hold in your hand so that like ink printed paper is the body of money. But money also has a soul because money has energy as everything in the universe does. Everything has energy, including money. And the energy of money is the soul of money. So it's like your own body and soul concept. You have a body that you can physically touch right now, but you also have this mystical, mythical soul thing, right? That that soul thing that vibrates and attracts and is supposed to be guiding you and whatever else. So that's part of it too, your body and your soul, just as money have a body and a soul. But going back to this idea of money not being real, our financial system in the United States began by being backed by a physical element that did exist. And that physical element was gold. So if you had one of these printed dollar bills in your hand, you knew that somewhere hidden in the hills of Lord knows where was a gold bar That was the physical representation of the worth of that cottony inked paper that you have in your hand. And at a point in our society, that system got blown away. It got blown away when we realized that we could literally print money. We could literally print more and no one would be the wiser that these gold bars weren't there to back it anymore. Now, is this healthy? Is this smart? I will let you do your research on inflation and in printing money. I'll let you do that one. But there's another transition that happened for our society when it comes to money. And that is when money turned plastic. So the physical representation, the body of money turned plastic. Credit cards, debit cards, gift cards whatever. These are all the physical representations of the idea and the energy of money. 
but you can't actually see or touch money in this case either. Your company tells you that your salary is $80,000 a year. And then every other Friday, they move some of the zeros and ones that make up the binary code in the financial system that's considered money from their account to your account. You've never actually touched the money in your bank account. It's all binary code. It's all zeros and ones. Now, my fiance was the first person to raise this point to me when we were talking about money one day. He's like, money's not even real. And I was like, what do you mean money's not real? So we had this conversation and my mind was initially freaking blown. Like he was right. Money is all just zeros and ones. It's not real. It's, It's our belief as a society in the fact that money has value, it has this defined value, that's what makes money real. Money is real because of the belief that society has in it. If we all one day as a collective decided that we were going to believe in rocks as money, then that would be the shift. Like your quartz would be your dime and your regular little pebble you find on the street would be your pennies. (laughs) Like it legit would break down like that because it's the belief and then it's some other high and mighty government official at Wall Street or whatever defining the worth of money. If we as a society decide to no longer buy into it, then it's gone. It's like Bitcoin just popping up out of nowhere like cryptocurrency is a thing because because someone invented it someone created it someone said ah yes this is what this is worth and then it got backed by a bigger someone with more clout and there you have it (laughs) money isn't real so when that potential client I was on the phone with finally admitted that money was important to her, I said, yes, that is okay. You can say that. It is absolutely acceptable. There is nothing wrong with being financially comfortable as a priority for you. There's nothing wrong with that. This idea comes from how we've been taught to think and to feel when it comes to money. So consider as a kid, how did your parents or family members or whoever you were around talk about money? How was, how was money in your house? Was it constant? Was it always there? Or was it in flux? That's a really big indicator of your relationship with money now. So here's a personal example. My dad was and is in sales. And I remember sometimes in my childhood, we would just be eating out like crazy. We would be shopping like crazy. We would be traveling like crazy. Like things were freaking awesome. And then the economy would shift or sales wouldn't go as well that quarter or whatever. And things would slow down a little bit at home. We had to kind of tighten up a little bit and, you know, be a little wiser with how we were spending money. Now, mind you, let me say that we were very fortunate. I do recognize my privilege in this situation. I never worried about having a roof over my head. I lived in the same house my entire childhood. 
uh, we actually built that house. So I lived in the same house. I never worried about losing that house. I never worried about where our next meal was coming from. I, I never worried about anything, really. All of my needs were met and then some. <laughs> I was very, very fortunate. But there were fluctuations in our house in how money was utilized and the energy behind money. Sometimes we were balling, sometimes we were a little tighter. <laughs> and I eventually realized that this same pattern is what happened to me when it came to my salaries in my career too. So out of school, I initially thought I was just going to live at home and be poor and have to live with my parents forever and that was it. But I ended up in a role where my salary ended up to be way higher than what I thought it was going to be. And I was living at home, so I saved money and I was good to go. And then I took a substantial pay cut to move into my next position. And money was tight for me then. I had some money saved up, which was fantastic and allowed me to make that move. But money was tight. I had to be more aware of how I was spending my money, where my money was going and whatnot. And fortunately, um, I then moved into my six-figure salary where I was having plenty of money and it was good. So I made like, I want to say it was like a 20 or 30 grand pay cut to move into one role. And then I ended up with like a 50 or $60,000 pay increase to move into that next role to get into that six-figure salary. So it was just this energetics of this up and down, this these swings with money. Like we were good, we weren't good, we were we were tight, we were good. Like it was just all over the board. So maybe for you, your parents did something similar with money. Maybe the energy of money was just a swinging back and forth state for you. Maybe your parents just spent all of the money and you didn't feel secure in where your next meal was coming from. Maybe your parents racked up a ton of credit card debt so you had trouble getting loans or doing things along those lines. Maybe whenever your parents saw someone with money because of their experiences with money, they talk about how that person must be a horrible person because, you know, money is the root of all evil, right? How many times have you heard that quote? Which, let me say, that quote is actually not quoted correctly. The verse states, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Meaning that when you're willing to do anything and everything only to have money, that's the problem. There are different ways of acquiring money. We have moral ways and we have immoral ways of acquiring money. It all depends on what you are doing with that money and how you are getting that money. I believe that when good people have money and good people have plenty of money so they feel comfortable in their financial stability, then they can do more good in the world. Their impact can then be expanded because they have choice and they have the ability to choose to help other people in maybe less less financial stable situations than they're in. Essentially, being poor 
won't help the poor. <laughs> so you being thinking that you're being so humble around money and whatnot and saying like, oh, is it okay to say that like money is, you know, helpful or money, whatever? Like, yes, yes, accept money, love money. It's okay. I said being poor won't help the poor. That's what I told this potential client on that strategy call. Because in order to move forward, you have to better understand how you got where you are. So in order to do that, it is time to start looking at your own relationship with money. Because looking at that will help you with your patterns and it will help you to understand where your personal blocks are when it comes to money. It can be a challenge to be objective here. So be patient with yourself. Be patient. If you have debt, it's okay. Look at the why behind it. Amanda Francis, which you guys have heard me mention her multiple times, she calls herself the money queen. She talks about debt specifically being a choice to pay something off over time. And in pivoting that mindset and looking at it as a choice, it gives you your power back in that situation. So let's talk about student loan debt. The media and the world wants to make you out to be absolutely irresponsible and this horrible person for having taken the money out or you are such a victim for being you know, taken by these loan companies who are just manipulating you and whatever else. Because as someone who took out student loans, I can say that at first I felt really guilty about it. I wanted to go back. I wanted to get a do-over. I remember thinking like I was so dumb as a kid. Like I probably could have lived on less money and not had this financial burden down the road. But then I realized, okay, even if that's the case, even if I could have lived on less money at the time, there is literally nothing I can do about it now, right? That choice has been made. Here we are. It's here. I have student loan debt. Okay. I can't take that back. I can't change that. So I have to give, not high school, give college Allison some grace and compassion. <laughs> this was the choice that you made. So I forgive, I forgive, and I didn't feel guilty. And here's the other thing. If I wouldn't have had the credentials, and by that I mean both of my degrees, if I wouldn't have taken out loans to get those degrees, then my life wouldn't be where it is now. I wouldn't have had my first job out of school. I wouldn't have had my second job out of school. I wouldn't have ended up at the Fortune 30-something company. It just would have looked completely different. Lord knows what it would have looked like. But those pieces of paper and those um, credentials are what got me in the door to those places. So I'm grateful to that ability to have taken out those loans. I was very fortunate that, you know, my dad helped me to co-sign those loans and that I had started building my credit score in high school so that I had the ability to take out loans when I need it. So I was incredibly fortunate that I had the ability to take out those loans in order to get those credentials. 
I'm also grateful that I always knew when I was taking those loans out that I would be able to pay them back. Like it never was a choice. It never was a question to me. Like I just knew this was an investment. Like I I will be able to pay this back. If you're struggling with paying your student loans or maybe it's credit card debt or whatever and you're feeling a lot of guilt around it, I would encourage you to really look at the why. Why are you feeling guilt around it? Look at the emotion behind it and then forgive yourself. Now on the energetic side, forgive, right? But on the practical side, you can always ask for help. I'm all about the energetic and the practical. We got the corporate and the hippie here, right? So I'm never just going to say like, just do the energetic work and you'll be fine. You have to take the action as well. Ultimately, you'll want to assess how you were raised with money, what your childhood experiences look like with money, and then how that translated over for you as an adult. How do you feel about money? Does that reflect your current situation? I know when it comes to career changes, your first instinct is to look at your salary and see where it's at and where it can go up and where it can go down before you even consider anything else. But let me tell you this, before you even question if you can negotiate a salary, before you even start diving into the numbers on things, which by the way, you can always negotiate a salary. Um, Sometimes they might tell you no, but it never hurts to ask. (laughs) You don't have to though. Don't feel pressure. Anyways, but before you even start down these paths, I want you to consider your relationship with money. What are your beliefs? What have you seen? How does it feel? How does the idea of having more money feel to you? That's a really interesting one. So everyone wants to be a millionaire, right? But what would that actually feel like? What would it feel like to have more money than you know what to do with? In the book, Becoming Supernatural, Joe Dispenza talks about how our bodies can literally get addicted to certain emotions. And that can include the like lower, heavier vibrating emotions. That's like your guilt, your anxiety, your dread, your fear, like the ones that you usually don't want in your life. But when you've been hanging out down in those emotions for so long, your body struggles to get out of that vibration because it's literally addicted to it, which is such a freaking crazy thought. Like all this energetic stuff, guys, it's just mind blowing. So the very first step in moving through your money blocks, removing the addiction is recognizing the power that those emotions hold over you. And then when it comes to money, start feeling, feel what it would feel like, what your life would look like with whatever amount of money it is you desire. And then ask yourself why you're worthy of having this money. Funny story, I did this exercise early in my own business. I tried coming up with 10 reasons why I was worthy of having money. And I stared at that page for a solid like two minutes. I literally could not come up with one reason at first, which I recognized this fact and started journaling on because that in itself said something. And then you want to look at where your stories come from around money. 
At that point, you can start taking the practical and aligned actions with money. So this could be networking to find a better salary at a job you actually love. This could be learning about investment options. This could be working with a money manager and getting comfortable with having someone else managing your money. I have a wonderful one if you need a recommendation on that. It could also be putting together a plan to pay off your debts and then continuing to play with the energetics of money as you move through this process because it's not just a one and done thing. It's always going to have something new and different popping up for you. So all in all, once you understand a new concept of money that, you know, money's not real, money is an idea that we give it, your relationship with money and how that relationship came about, you can better see how money is showing up for you today. And you can better see where you can make changes to move forward in your life in regards to money and in your career. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Corporate Hippie Hustle. Don't forget to connect with me on LinkedIn for daily tools to help take your corporate career from stuck to aligned. I'd also love to have you in my Facebook group, The Corporate Hippie Hustlers, where I teach exclusive content and you can find a like-minded community of women who are looking to grow their careers. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to leave a review on iTunes and keep this show rolling. I look forward to chatting with you in the next episode, but until then, keep hustling.